Before we get going with the podcast, I wanted to make sure you were aware of a few exciting things we're doing in the audio department at Canon Press. I mentioned a week or so ago that Douglas Wilson's blog, Blog and May Blog, is now available on audio by searching Blog and May Blog wherever you get podcasts. This podcast is a must for keeping up with current events from the pen of Doug Wilson. I also wanted to point your attention to another podcast called All of Christ for All of Life. In brief, this podcast is about everything the sun touches. Pun intended. What do Christians think about history, communication and marriage, wealth, evangelism, the holidays, and your government? Well, find out on this week's episode. And if you like what you hear, you can purchase the rest of that particular collection at canonpress.com. Thanks for tuning in to another week of the podcast. Without further ado, here's Pastor Wilson. Welcome to Plodcast, uh, episode 104. This is the Plodcast. If you're looking for the Plodcast, you're in the right place. If you were looking for Ben Shapiro, this is not it. All right, so episode 104. Um, so in this, in this opening segment, I'm going to talk about something that's a little delicate, but I'm going to be, you know, I'm gonna, I'll use circumlocutions and work my way around it. But what it boils down to is, um, in the, what recently hit the news was a complaint that comes out of British Columbia. And uh, what it boils down to is um, a biological male who identifies as a woman went into a place that does bikini wax sorts of things and uh, basically um, wanted uh, his privates waxed by them. That was the, that's what they do, but they do it for women. Uh, they refused um, because they, did, they didn't want to wax a man's privates. And so this um, uh, tranny filed a complaint uh, with the Human Rights Tribunal. Okay? So somebody didn't want, somebody who specializes in waxing women, providing that kind of service for women, uh, doesn't want to do it for a man, but because that man identifies as a woman, um, he, uh, notice where his complaint is filed. His complaint is filed with the Human Rights Tribunal. And to this, I think we can only say, what a time to be alive. <laughs> this is just amazing. So think about it. Now, 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 I want us to think, I, I would like to urge you to think in terms of principles. When someone opens up a shop, when someone opens up a diner, when someone, someone opens up a business, should they have, as the, you've, you've seen the, the sign in many a diner, we reserve the right to refuse service to anyone. We reserve the right to refuse service to anyone. Now, generally speaking, businesses want customers, but they don't want the homeless guy, for example, uh, to come into their diner 
and buy one cup of coffee and spend an hour and a half yelling at the other customers. They should reserve, they've reserved the right to invite the gentleman to be on his way, right? We, we reserve the right to re refuse service to anyone. Now, here's the difficulty. If you grant the shop owner or the diner, uh, the, the guy who owns, owns the restaurant, if you grant that right to someone, yes, you do have the right to refuse service to anyone. He, and he then says, great, I don't want to serve Jews. I don't, want, I don't want to deal with those people. Or I don't want to serve blacks. Or I don't want to serve whites. Or I don't want to serve Chinese people. You know, that's, that's the bugbear, right? So uh, in... Uh, with the Jim Crow laws in, um, in the South prior to the Civil Rights Movement, uh, you had restaurants that uh, would be, you know, white-only restaurants, or you had segregated bathrooms. There was the bathroom for the colored, colored men, white men, colored women, uh, white women, so on. And I, that's within living memory. I, I grew up in a, uh, a town that was culturally Southern, Annapolis, Maryland. Um, the northern border of Maryland is the Mason-Dixon line. That's, so everything south of that is Dixie. And in Annapolis, I, I, I went to the white elementary school that was a couple miles away from my house. And there was a black elementary school just basically a block away from my house. And I went to the white one. And uh, and then when I was in school was when the desegregation orders came down and it threw everything in Annapolis into upheaval. So the black the old black high school became the middle school, and and so on. So and I remember there was a uh, there was a restaurant downtown that would sell food. It was a carryout restaurant. They would sell um, food to blacks. But blacks were not allowed to sit down inside and eat. Uh, blacks could come in and buy their food, and they had to go. Um, whites could sit down, uh, buy their food, sit down, and, and uh, eat it there. So everybody says, well, see, if you give, uh, if you give private uh, property, uh, private business owners the right to refuse service to anybody, then... What's going to happen is bigots are going to take over and see, we, we dealt with that in Jim Crow. Well, a lot of people misunderstand Jim Crow because what, what happened, for example, in the Jim Crow laws in Alabama, it's not that uh, white uh, restaurant owners had the right to refuse service to blacks. It's that they were mandated by the law to keep their service to blacks and their service to whites separate. So the issue is the government. So ba basically, uh, in a free market system, everybody's money is green, and it's, it's all the same color. And and so if you just had a had a free market, you're generally going to have people who are uh, shop owners who want to attract customers from every tribe, language, nation, etc. But once you said, because you're fighting discrimination, because you're fighting racial discrimination of the sinful kind that I've just described, the fact that it's a sin doesn't mean that it should be a crime. Because as soon as you make it a crime, what, what have you made criminal? 
well, you've made discrimination criminal, right? It, but discrimination requires definition. What are you discriminating about? What are you talking about? And so, for example, uh, from the precedent that was established by shop owners being not allowed anymore to refuse service to blacks, we are now being told in the States that shop owners cannot refuse service to homosexuals or transsexuals. And even there, it's, uh, it's amazing because um, uh, the cake baker in Colorado, who's been through the ringer a few times, uh, he and the other, you know, the Christian florists and the, and the photographers and the videographers and the cake bakers, uh, they're being asked to glorify a certain kind of event. They're not, and so, for example, if a homosexual walked into uh, uh, Phelps Bakery, Phillips Bakery, and, um, and asked for a birthday cake, uh, he would happily supply him with a birthday cake because he doesn't have a standard that says, I will not serve homosexuals or I, I will not sell a cake to a homosexual. He's saying, I will not decorate a cake and help to celebrate an event, a gay wedding, that I believe to be reprehensible, that I believe to be wrongheaded. And because we didn't think through the principle when it came to racial issues, we, found, we find ourselves in a pitch battle here in the States about with, with regard to photographers and cake bakers. And now in Canada, in British Columbia, um, leave it to the Canadians, we have a complaint filed with the Human Rights Tribunal, that these bigoted women will not service, they will not wax the privates of a transsexual who identifies as female, but who is manifestly not. All right, we continue, we're continuing on with Podcast 104. The word, this is, this is our hamartiology section. The word apeleo means to threaten. A-P-E-I-L-E-O. Apeleo. Means to threaten, and it's used twice in the New Testament. In both instances, it is cited as a sinful kind of behavior, a sinful kind of threatening. When the Jewish leaders were trying to shut down the apostles early in the book of Acts, one of the means that they tried was that of threats. But that it spread no further among the people, let us straightly threaten them that they speak henceforth to no man in this name. That's in Acts 4.17. And Jesus, when he was being abused by the religious authorities, refused to respond to them in kind. For even hereunto were ye called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that you should follow in his steps. Excuse me, follow his steps. Who did no sin, neither was guile found in his mouth, who, when he was reviled, reviled not again. When he suffered, he threatened not, but committed himself to him that judgeth righteously. So we have the bad guys early on in the book of Acts threatening the, uh, threatening the apostles. They were sinning by threatening. And then in the Peter um, instance, we have the Lord Jesus not sinning. And Jesus was not sinning because he was not threatening. God. God All right, so book review. This will be an odd little book review. Um, the book I'm reviewing this time around might need some explanation and or 
defense or some sort of apology. Uh, the book I'm reviewing and, and, and which I would commend to you to read is called Mrs. Burns' Dictionary of Unusual, Obscure, and Preposterous Words. Mrs. Burns' Dictionary of Unusual, Obscure, and Preposterous Words. So as I'm, as I'm doing this, as I, well, I'll, I'll put it this way. I have to begin with what some people would regard as a confession. I suppose it's a confession. I talk about this a little bit in my book, Wordsmithy, but uh, I read dictionaries. Okay, now, dictionaries are particularly suited to my um, secret method of productivity, which is productivity, uh, hence the name of this podcast, right? I believe, in, I believe in plotting, and since a dictionary doesn't have any plot or any character development or sizzling action, no explosions and no motorcycle gangs, that means it can drag a bit. So when I read a dictionary, what I, my MO, my method of reading a dictionary, is simply to get a little page pointer and read a page. I read one page and I highlight anything that interests me. I highlight any word or fact that interests me on that one page. It takes five minutes. So I read one page, turn the page pointer, and then the next day I pick that uh, dictionary up again and read another page. Now, I've, um, I've read some weird dictionaries this, this way. I've read, um, I've read a dictionary of the American Heritage Dictionary of uh, Indo-European Word Roots, uh, which was something that was interesting. I wanted to see, I wanted to take our language back as far as it goes, as far as we can trace it. So that was interesting. I, I read uh, I read the American Heritage Dictionary up to the M's, but then our office moved and my, my copy of, the, of that dictionary got lost in transit somehow. So I read an American Heritage Dictionary. I've read a dictionary of slang. I've read, I've read other dictionaries, but one of the dictionaries I've read was Mrs. Burns' Dictionary. Now, this is available on Amazon. And there's a bunch of bizarre, unusual words. And, and bizarre and unusual words are not necessarily big words. They're just, they're just unusual words. And so if, you're, if, you want to get, if, if you want to get into the habit of reading dictionaries, and if you're a writer, I would urge you, I would, I would charge you to get into the habit of reading dictionaries. If, if you're a writer, you must. If you're just a, a, a fun-loving kind of person, you should, right? I'll break it down that way. Um, but a good way to start this process would be with a dictionary like this, where you're guaranteed uh, fun stuff on every page. The, the collection of words is uh, guaranteed to be fascinating. And then after that, I would move on to, I'd, I'd get a dictionary of, um, of, you could get a dictionary of American slang or different kinds of slang. And, um, and just, just chip away, page a day. It's amazing. Uh, you, you'll be astonished if you uh, read a page of a dictionary a day. Uh, after just a few months, look at where you are in the dictionary. It's going to be, you're going to surprise yourself with how fast it goes. And it's just a few minutes a day. And you highlight the words that interest you and highlight the words that you think you can use and cull. And so you pull the, that word out 
and you work it into that evening's dinner table conversation. And then you can look at everybody's expressions. You've spent a pleasant half hour with podcast proprietor Douglas Wilson. This podcast is produced by Canon Press. Please take a moment to subscribe to the podcast on your favorite listening platform. To hear more from Doug, please visit canonpress.com.